Welcome back to the morning grind. Dean still here with you. I'm uh, once again filling in for Stevie. He's knocking out the NASCAR content. Also, uh, I believe Counter-Strike as well, too. So, of course, if you guys are dabbling in those DFS sports, feel free to hit up to Stevie's content as far as NASCAR. Uh, he will be back soon enough. But as for now, uh, with the lack of sports, I'm going to continue uh, having my conversations with all sorts of DFS personalities today. Look who drew the short straw. It's one Grant Meeford. What's going on, Grant? Oh, you know, it's the same thing that's going on every day. I've done nothing with my life. <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna put on any on the quarantine blanket. Just the entire life blanket, basically. You've done nothing. I mean, I haven't done anything with my life today. Was, okay, fair enough. I've done things with my life. I once, uh, I once drank a beer fast. Oh yeah, once, uh, yeah. Is there video, any video content of that? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen any. <laughs> It, maybe you can record it and throw up the old Twitter machine. Oh, I could have. I guess I did it yesterday. People might like it. Well, yeah. Well, there you go. It was a day ending and why uh, you're having yourself. I, I, you know, before we have these conversations and, you know, sometimes uh, I know the person really well. Sometimes I don't know the person as well. You, me, Grant, we're like friends in real life. The cat's out of the bag. Uh, and we talk and, you know, sometimes for hours at a time. We, we, have, a, we have good conversations. So uh, I was like thinking, like, what are we, we going to talk about? How do we prep for this? And I know you fairly well, but I did like a, a scroll on your Twitter machine and of late in the last uh, several months or so, your tweets are basically food related. Uh, <laughs> it's the, they're beer related, food related, uh, Corona related, and you're taking shots at me. That's essentially the, the <laughs> Those of, are my uh, favorite things in life. <laughs> the family feud board of things that Grant tweets about. That's one through four, I believe. But uh, yeah, and then I, I went back a little bit further and we'll talk about your tweets soon enough, but Grant, I want to learn about, like, how did you become a thing? How did you become who you are right now? How are you uh, currently, you know, a content creator in the DFS space? Where did you come from? Uh, because I, what, what's your or, what's your DFS origin story? Uh, before that, uh, let's just knock out the, the standards. Uh, you grew up, where, where did we grow up, Grant? Yakima, Washington. Neighbors with Cooper Cup. Really? <laughs> like, as, were they a similar age, you and Cooper? Uh, no, I actually, one of my buddies used to play football with him in high school. Um, but now he's Cooper's like six, seven, eight years younger than me, something like that. Okay. So you used to pick on him as a kid when you were, when you were a kid, you were, a there's bully. a very distinct possibility that I yelled at him as I was driving through the park and he was like an 11 year old kid. Oh, come on. Man. You were a jerk at 17. Uh, no, I just used to yell at people in the park. <laughs> <laughs> That's just your normal speaking voice. Actually. Uh, you mentioned high school. Did you play high school sports? Uh, I golfed I pretty much just golfed. Uh, I, I had this thing called uh, childhood obesity. Yeah, that made me bad at sports, and it, it's it's very strange now. Uh, I yeah, I was I was a really unathletic kid up until like probably fifteen, and I grew like five, six, seven inches. But I was pretty much pot committed to only playing golf, and I was a professional mascot too. So I guess that's kind of a sport i forgot about that yeah I, I took notes as far as things i want to talk about you you've lived an interesting life you say you don't do anything at least not today so much hey let's before the show you, you talked to the sprinkler guy you're an adult <laughs> yeah yeah i talked to him he showed up i didn't set up the meeting my <laughs> someone else did but i talked to him yeah yeah okay so let, let's talk about that since you, you mentioned the the mascot you were a you were a professional mascot for an amateur team no a minor league team is that correct yeah, pretty much. So there's like the D League in basketball, and there simultaneously with the D League was the CBA, uh, which was kind of close to the D League, like pretty much the same level, just a different one. And uh, yeah, no, I just randomly got a call from one of my 
teachers like, hey, you want to be the mascot for uh, for the Acma Sun Kings? I'm like, okay, where do I have to interview? And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like one of my coworkers is GM. And she said, I don't know what we're going to do. Ronald McDonald just quit as being the mascot. Ronald McDonald was his, set, was his other job. He was a mascot for funsies. He's like, I don't know what to do. Like Ronald McDonald is generally our mascot. And like, he's not doing anymore because he has too many other commitments being Ronald McDonald for Washington. So I need to find someone. He's like, okay, I got someone. She's like, okay, well, I'll bring him in for interview. He's like, no, you don't understand. You just hire him. Trust me. I will put my entire reputation on this. You, so, you, uh, you replaced Ronald McDonald. Uh, so there you yeah. go. Upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't actually Ronald McDonald as a mascot. He, that just happened to be his job. He was Ronald McDonald for the entire state of Washington. He just did the mascot thing because he loved it. Is Ronald that in demand? I mean, I, you, can't, you can't hold both jobs down? I, I don't even know because, I, I mean, I haven't booked a child's party in a long time. But uh, I mean, I think his territory grew. So, like, he had to do overnight trips over, like, four hours away. So it kind of made it tough. And he still came back. And, like, certain nights I'd be in the locker room getting dressed up. And he'd come in. And he'd be like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the mascot tonight. You can go home. I'm like, all right. Oh. Sounds good. I'm still he- getting paid. He's possessive, man. He does not. He this is my turf, man. Like, I mean, I off. told him. I told him, like, yeah, anytime you want, go ahead. The problem is, like, they actually went to the championship uh, that year, and that night he's like, I want to do this. I'm like, well, normally I would want to do this, but all right. And I just got to be on the entertainment squad, slingshotting t-shirts into the crowd. It was fun. What, look, we get like twenty bucks. I'm gonna guess, like twenty bucks a game. What do you get to be the uh, mascot? Like five times that. Oh, really? I, I thought yeah. it was. I thought they lowball you for some reason. That's good. No, and I got like I also got like a hundred free premium chicken sandwiches from McDonald's. <laughs> not just the standard nine nine cent McChicken off the top. No, that would not. We're be talking great. premium. You well, they had like a whole bunch to give out, and at the end of the season, we had a stack like this big. I'm like, well, I'm taking all this. <laughs> How quickly did you knock those out? <laughs> uh, uh, it took me like a good month. Oh yeah, well that's about three a day. My 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 my, my I math. gave a few away, but yeah, I was counting two of those a day. They were delicious. <laughs> the, the what is it? The diminishing value of returns? Did that ever kick in around like McChicken number ninety seven, ninety eight? Uh, no. Like honestly, they were just delicious. They had bacon. They had some good cheese on it. Like it it, it was basically like saying, "Would you get sick of Chick fil A sandwiches?" No. All right, fair enough. Uh, well, we're going to talk about your food soon enough because I, I have a lot of questions about your food takes, and I'm curious if there's any food you dis. Well, it just just throw us at this kind of what the appetite. Is there any food you dislike, like pickles. strongly dislike? Pickles. That's it. That's like the first pickles across the board. I mean, like almost all vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the only vegetables I do like are potatoes and onions. Yeah, but you like those, and they're fried, or just anyway. I mean, I like onions most, like almost every way, and potatoes like in almost every form as long as they're cooked. Yeah, uh, but yes, yeah, I just I hate vegetables. There, there's no good ones. <laughs> We're gonna power rank vegetables at some point. Uh, so, how do they know to go to you to be the mascot? Are you the mascot of the high school team? They just know you have a lot of enthusiasm, or what? Uh, when I was in high school, like my junior year, me and my buddies would just dress up in weird costumes and go cheer at the game for funsies. So we had like a guy in a sumo suit, a guy in a hot dog suit. I was in a lion suit. We had a bear suit. I, that's why like on so many shows, I just have random costumes. A lot of those are from high school. <laughs> and you still fit in them. That's good. Yeah, I haven't gotten that much fatter. Although I guess I have gained 50 pounds since high school. 
<laughs> it's a snug fit, I guess. So you bought them loose, I suppose. Uh, you know, a long-term thought process there, anticipation of things potentially going awry. Uh, did you did you meet any of the basketball players? Did you interact with any basketball players? Anybody you remember watching that all of a sudden made, made it a, the NBA, the, the actual association? Uh, I don't remember of any, but I wasn't really paying that much attention. I know two of them did from that team. The weirdest one was the center was like six foot ten in probably like he was built like Shaq. And occasionally we'd be in the locker room and I was supposed to lead him out every once in a while. And he'd just come up from behind me and pick me up. <laughs> like, and I was a 200 pound, six foot three guy. And he just picked me up like it was nothing. I'm like, oh gosh, wow, this is weird. <laughs> just being picked up like a child. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you grew up in Yakima, Washington. Eventually you moved on to, I know you've been in California. Of course, of course now you're in Denver. What, what, what was our next stopping ground after Washington? College? Was college in Washington? Where was college yeah. at? Yeah, it was college in L.A., um, L.A. area. And then I just stayed down there for 10 years for no apparent reason. And Yakima is fairly – it's a small town, right? I think it's a small town. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a big town. There's like maybe 100,000 people now, probably 70,000 when I was there. Uh, but the only thing they're really known for is they have like 90% – they grow 90% of the hops of the U.S., Oh, well, there you go. Well, you're just, that was just kind of ingrained in you as far as the beer, which we'll talk about soon enough. I didn't know about that until after college. And apparently it has one of the most well-known beer festivals every year, which I never knew about. College in LA, uh, differences of team. What is there like a culture shock going from Yakima to LA? I mean, not entirely. I don't, I don't really notice culture shock, but just the biggest thing is I have things to do now. If I'm, when I'm in LA, like Yakima are, go-to fun thing was go sit on a bridge that was literally the that's friday night sit that's on friday a bridge and just see if we can get lost while driving and find our way home well, you live on a farm right uh no my parents currently have a farm okay uh, yeah no i yeah my parents bought a farm like four years ago when all the kids moved out of the house and they're like why do we have this house we hate it what um what, what sort of farming skills do you have i i know how to give or help a goat give birth that was learned in this week or two. <laughs> How do you help a goat give birth? I think I was actually on the phone when this happened or close to, was I not? Yeah. Well, we were trying to bet on it. I was trying to get money on it. And so I'm like, well, if I'm going to watch a goat give birth, I have to have money on this. You got to make it more interesting. So somehow. Yeah, no, <laughs> but apparently really it's really easy. Like if, like if it takes over 10 minutes to leave the birth canal, then it can suffocate. So oh. you kind of have to help it out after that point. Um, and when they hang out there, they're still hanging by the umbilical cord. So if you don't cut it, then baby's going to be drowned around. You wash them off, and then you give the mother and the goat uh, molasses syrup and water just to get their sugar content up. But, yeah, it's pretty easy. Then put them under a warming light if they if it's cold outside. Is betting on uh, a goat's live birth – and the, the wager was essentially we're betting on twins or if it's triplets or a single – uh, is that the most ridiculous thing you ever wagered on, or can you think of something else? I can't think of something else, but I 100% know that. I, I mean, my favorite thing to do was always, or it was my friend's favorite thing to do. You always see a random guy, or like once every six months or so, you see a random guy challenging people to chugging contests in a bar. <laughs> and all my friends will immediately go in there like, Grant, Grant, get, get, get over here, get over here. And the guy will be like, yeah, I'll give you four to one odds. I'm like, dude, just give me even money. Like, you're not going to win this. <laughs> and every single time, like clockwork, they just get destroyed. And they're they're like, well, 
That's a, it's always old guys too, and they're always just destroyed. Like I'm 60 years old, I've never lost before. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Also, don't show this, put this video online, or else the full officer will see it. You, you, so you drop the the first L on somebody like, like you've given a lot of people their first L when it comes to this. Yes. Like they, they've they never see it coming. No, yeah, there's like, yeah, they never see it coming. So where, how did you discover this skill? You just sort of like tried it one day and said, I guess I'm good at this. Uh, I was always lazy and impatient, so I figured out I was quick at drinking when, like, oh, I need to go hydrate, and then I'll just pound a 16-ounce glass ounce glass of water and then leave. Yeah, I, I can drink water pretty fast, too. You know, on record, I think uh, the multiple people that have challenged you, I don't know if it's challenge is the right way of saying it, but the multiple people that people that have, uh, unlike Reiner's Live, that have drank a beer with you, maybe by default this is true, Grant, but I feel like I'm pretty sure I'm the fastest, besides you, obviously. Well, Cardi's terrible. Roth is terrible. Mangone is terrible. Uh, I said by default. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you're going up against a whole bunch of... Uh, it's about Rushmore of drinkers right there I went up against. You may only be like junior varsity high school level, but you're playing up against like five-year-old kids trying to learn basketball. Am, am I rope when, when you were drinking these guys, uh, you know, random bars, are you rope them or are you knocking them out right away? Like you give them like a, some sort of false hope and you, you double and triple the bet or you say, we're just going to knock you out right away and make it slow, slow and painless. I just, I, it, all my friends try and rope them and I just go up there. I'm like, look, no, you're not going to win. Just, you don't want to do this, which I guess is just like reverse psychology <laughs> because they're like, oh, this guy, no, this guy thinks he's good. He's going to get just absolutely destroyed. It's like when I play rock, paper, scissors, I'm like, before we play, just so you know, I'm going to throw a rock. Like, that's what I'm going to throw. Like, can you understand the concept? You just throw paper and you beat me. And you kind of mess with them and like you throw a rock and I go, like, well, wait a second, what just happened here? It's like, I, I told you what I was going to do. I did. I do that every single time. <laughs> We're going to have to play a game of rock, paper, scissors <laughs> and see who budges first. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. Are you are you chugging for us? You're just nursing your water, I believe, right? Uh, I can. I got. I got my Brita filter right next to me. I can chug at the end of the show. <laughs> you're gonna chug your Brita filter. I should mention, by the way, I, I meant to mention at the top. We do record these, and these are up on YouTube. Of course, you guys can listen to on the uh, the audio page as well. But if you want to see our beautiful radio voices, radio voices, radio faces, and uh, Grant the beard, but the I've seen pictures of you like in your twenties. When you're beardless, when did the beard become a thing? Uh, I used to be an accountant, and during tax season, like you're working seventy hour weeks, and so I'd always just grow a busy, bu- eh, busy season beard, which is what we call it, busy season. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? This covers up my double chin. <laughs> I either go on a diet <laughs> or not shave. That's literally it. Like if I ever get in shape again, then I can shave it. But until then. It's just here to stay. But there are some hairs in your face right now, potentially, that have been there for 10 years? Uh, not 10 years. I, I think the last... I used to shave it during No Shave November. Oh, okay. Or well, I'd shave it into a ridiculous mustache. You might remember these, so... It's probably <laughs> been three years since I've actually been clean-shaven. Yeah. It's a good look for you. I like it. Uh, you mentioned the accountant part. I guess we can jump to that, too. That that's what you went to school for, I assume? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you take to accounting because I it's hereditary. Your your father is a, a famous accountant, SDL Cards fanboy. <laughs> if, you're, if your father is a big fan, apparently your father is well known in like the agricultural <laughs> accounting world. Is that correct? He is the head of the AICPA. Um, sure, top top ag accountant in the country. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, and SDL, like, I posted one time, like, oh, I finally got my followers to my dad. And I got, yeah, I got a message from SDL, like, oh, that's your dad? I read his stuff all the time. <laughs> we all do, of course. I was aware of him before I was aware of you, too. I'm a big fan of uh, agricultural accounting. Was there pressure to become an accountant? You just kind of assumed you're going to be an accountant? You just take the numbers uh, naturally, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. So that was basically it. Like, my dad was an accountant. My older brother went to school for being an accountant. And so I did it. I switched to economics. I'm like, I can't get a job here. So I went back to being an accountant. And uh, what did you think of accounting? Did you enjoy it? I mean, it's not, I, I don't know. It's not for everybody, I would imagine. And I, fun fact, uh, I was a business major at one point, And then I took accounting. And I'm like, I'm no longer a business major. I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to do something where I don't have to like learn this whole new language of debits and credits and that whole deal. Uh, I failed the test. And I'm like, yeah, I'm changing major, majors. But for you, uh, I guess it worked out for you as far as um, actually being an accountant. And you were an accountant for for years, correct? Yeah, I think three and a half, four years. Yeah, basically, I don't know. It's a a life-sucking job in most scenarios. You're working, some people work 70, 80-hour weeks year-round. I work 80-hour weeks, probably seven months, eight months out of the year. And then the other four months, I kind of just don't really do anything. Uh, but yeah, they just, they just want you to charge hours to the client. So it it can become, you're just, you're pretty much just a number. How much money you charge is what you're worth. And that's is it a racket. Worth. You supplied, it's kind of a racket. Are you, do you fudge those numbers as far as the, <laughs> you know, charging I would a... never, but <laughs> I mean, there was like, that's kind of how I got in this kids. Cause you did, they want you to be there eight to 10, 12 hours a day. I always got my work done under budget. And so I would be there working and just constantly going back and forth between fantasy sports and, and accounting work. And then I pretty much, I just start on one site called swooped. One of my buddies, came in, but I'm like, yeah, I'll try this out. And then all S-W-O-O-P-T? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, this is great. I'm actually decent. at." It. And they had like a massive, massive, it's essentially like imagine today if DraftKings uh, priced pitchers and hitters the exact same. Okay. <laughs> so that was bit, that was their problem. So like every single day I just put in Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer and then fill out the rest of my roster with whoever was starting. And then I would go on their website and enter every single contest, pretty much Condiet, every single day. I think that's the why the site went under because you couldn't play anyone but me on that website. You basically uh, broke the, you defunct the, I'm assuming Swoops is no longer a thing. You're saying you broke the website. You just, you won too much. It, it, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you chased everybody away. And that, that that's what the, your accounting background obviously helps you apply the DFS concepts are. You, you can understand, and you've, you've talked to me multiple times about this, so a lot of the dark alley sites, the sites that people aren't aware of, which that, that's a great way to game the game of system and understanding uh, and a scoring system and understanding how to take advantage of the scoring system when you're based off the salaries as well. And, that's something you do to, as good as anybody, especially on sites that there's not as much knowledge out there. Everybody knows how to play DraftKings in theory, and everybody knows how to play FanDuel, but the sites that aren't nearly as popular. I know you smashed Draft for a long time until it was uh, taken over by FanDuel, uh, which probably was a big hit to you financially, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully something of that of that sort comes up soon enough. But that's, I mean, that, that's how you used your accounting background to uh, to win some money, I would imagine. Yeah, pretty much. I had an Excel spreadsheet with projections that I actually just took from one site. I didn't have to make my own projections. There was some ones that were good enough out there. But essentially, I would make a, I would make a spreadsheet every single morning 
that would just take the projections and then it, I would import the salaries from every single site and optimize the optimal lineup on every single site, plug it into the site, and then 10 minutes, 20 minutes before lock, I'd go through and I'd update every single site and just throw one lineup on 10 different sites with like, I don't know, anywhere from 200 to 2,000 bucks per lineup per site, just depending on how much overlay there was out there. And I spent the last 10 minutes just clicking, entering every single contest I could. You left accounting for DFS for sports, I would imagine. You, you were burnt out or you just felt like uh, you're making the same amount of money or more money and it's just more fun and you have probably more free time when you're crushing in DFS. That was that was the thing. Yeah, one random day, I think I cleared, I don't know, depending on how you value it, somewhere between 120 and 180K because I got like Woo. four live final seats in a day. Um, and then what I just... What site is that? Uh, I got one for Fantasy Feud. I got one for Fantasy Aces. I tied for the one on FanDuel for the Chicago live final. Um, and I got one other one. So, but I cleared, I won the silver slugger over on FanDuel, which was like a 1K entry that I won a satellite to. And uh, it was 100K to first. That so, was all the same day. All the same day. I swept every single contest on every single site by playing Carlos Carrasco when he pitched a no hitter and stacking Miami Marlins in Pittsburgh, which. <laughs> yeah what year was this was this like the stanton yelich ozuna marlins or was this like the the terrible marlins we know today uh jason Bo- or justin Bohr was on there um oh, i want to say it was bitter. yeah i think it was 2015 probably yeah that's not maybe 2014 right. uh it was one of those two summers but yeah i'm like as soon as that happened i'm like you know what i've actually made more money today than i've made in my entire or close to the same amount as I made my entire three and a half years as an accountant because they pay you trash when you get in there. Um, so I'm like, well, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm done with this. You tell your dad that, you tell your parents that, I'm assuming you give them a heads up and say, this is my life plan. What are their initial thoughts? I assume they know about the 180K or 120K, but are they thinking that's uh, not the, is it a short-sighted decision? Are they like, Grant, we trust you, have, have at it, enjoy yourself? Of course, it's your decision no matter what, but were you supported out the gates? Uh, his first reaction when I told him that he's like, "Don't quit your day job." And then a month later, he's like, "Yeah, I mean, now's the time." I mean, my my parents got married when they were like twenty two and nineteen, and so my dad's just kind of like, "Yeah, now's your time to take a chance. You don't have any kids. You don't have a wife, so go ahead and do it." But like, the main thing was the pro- reason why I don't hate the fact that I got an accounting degree is I can immediately go back and make six figures as an accountant, like this week if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, you don't necessarily want to do that, but you, that's something that's great to fall back on, I suppose. Um, man, so is that, is that your biggest payday in DFS? If you count the value of those tickets at the 180K, like, is there another crazy sweat you can think of? Yeah, I don't think I've ever had another 100 or six-figure win. I've had like, I've gotten super close on random days, especially during football season. I think I had four paydays that year that were between 70 and 90K, but I just haven't been able to hit a six-figure since. I've had yeah. one random uh, DeMarco Murray running out the clock for mm-hmm. Chip Kelly when they're up by 15 on the last drive when they should have been kneeling. He got like a 12-yard run. I'm like, you could have just kneeled out the clock there. I hate you, Chip Kelly. <laughs> the world's smallest violin is playing for you for only winning 70K or 90K and not six figures. Uh, tell me about your live finals experience. You, you've been to – if I look at your Twitter profile, I believe – is it like 17 or something ridiculous? Is, is there any sort of moments that stand out? I assume, I'm just guessing here, I don't know, 
Uh, you probably made your uh, you know industry connections there as well. You probably met Tyler Cam there, and that's probably how you got a part of RG. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, I met Bobby there, and I met Stevie there at my first Fantasy Aces one, which I think we have a story coming about that pretty soon. Um, but yeah, like I just I just go there and I have fun and. I, I, I mean, I guess you haven't been to any. You've been to the RG. Party I've been, too. I've been a plus one. Don't insult me like that. I don't, I don't chase cues personally. It's, it's not. No, I was saying you haven't been to one where I've been. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you were taking shots. Like you just haven't been one. Like uh, I've been a seventeen. What's your seventeen to zero? Check the scoreboard. Um, yeah, I, I don't really chase the cues. It's not really for me unless I want to take it or something like that. It hasn't happened. But I've been a plus one to several. A Fanduel one, a DK one, and they're always, you know, an awesome time for sure. But I've never, I did not meet you at one, unfortunately. I don't think I've ever chased a queue where there hasn't been overlay. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, like I'm always about positive value. Like, and so the reason why I got, I got six or seven entries to fantasy aces live finals, uh, 10 entries to fantasy feud live finals. I won the fantasy draft golf live final, which I didn't, that was 100% noto, by the way, 100%. You were stealing those content? Uh, I, I wasn't selling it as other content. I just, <laughs> I was an RG member because I worked here and yeah. I just looked at Noto's article. I'm like, all right, I'm going to lock in these three guys. And this guy has a funny name. I'm going to throw him. And you crushed it, right? I remember correctly. And then there was overlay in that tournament. That's the only reason why you played it. Uh, there was overlay in the satellite, which got me the satellite to the satellite. Yeah. But also I just, I fantasy draft has been one of my biggest sites. So, I just was always like, it's a $5,000 live final. Like that was the average payout. And there was only four people. I'm like, you know what? This just seems like fun. So I'm going to throw two, 300 bucks in. And I didn't, I only had to throw 100 bucks in because the first one I played, I had it won by the cut day. What's, are, are you clutch? What's the closest you ever got to winning a live final? Uh, Fantasy Aces 2016 basketball final. I was in first with a substantial lead. And I had Point Giannis, that was like his second year, I think, and Kemba Walker, who had been on a tear. And I just needed like 55 points total from the two. And they combined for like 35. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a rough day. <laughs> when you won the 120, 180K, depending on how you look at it, did you have an egregious spend? Did you buy, did you buy a jersey of a, uh, Justin Bohr? Did you buy something completely? I know you like to buy goopy things off Amazon as is, but – did you buy anything completely absurd because you're like, I'm rich? No, that's what everyone immediately has that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy a nice 43-inch TV. I don't think I need anything bigger than that. Uh, $150 <laughs> entertainment center. I'll get $500 in new work clothes. And that was it. The only thing that changed in my life was I'd go out to bars and I'd buy more drinks. Uh, your friends hit you up in any way? Uh, I think a few of them did. Like, hey, you want to invest in this? I'm like, no. No, I don't. Oh, but you have all this money. I'm but like, you're rich. Well, that was the thing. Everyone kept saying, oh, you have so you make so much money. I'm like, well, first of all, how much I won doesn't even equal my student loan debt. Mm-hmm. So I am still a, at a net loss. I'm insolvent. <laughs> Did you pay all that off eventually or no? You still, yeah, still some working out there. I think I have like 10K lurking out of the 190 I graduated with. <sighs> 190K. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you went to you had a much better education than I did. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't remember anything. From college. <laughs> What's your most memorable college moment? You got nothing? No, I've got plenty of. I don't remember anything I learned in college because I would specifically look for classes where attendance wasn't mandatory and wasn't part of the grade, and then yeah. I would only show up for the tests. 
<laughs> I'm sure your parents will be proud of that thought process, but I don't, I don't disagree with that thought process. I, I, I was there too. I, I sort of have a similar uh, thought as well, but and my was general thought with college. And I don't know if you're just, uh, you're learning life. You're learning obviously how to figure out how to do accounting and all that too, but you're learning how to deal with people. You're learning how to live with people. If you're living in the dorms, uh, you're also getting connections down the road. Like, I feel like that's part of the investment. If that makes that's, sense. that's the, that's the entire investment. It's like certain ones, pre-med, pre-law, pre-whatever, sure. law, graduate school, like they're teaching you something, but most everything, it's basically showing that you can interact with people and showing that you can actually finish something. That's my opinion. Kids don't, don't listen to me because I'm not smart apparently, but. What, what was your fantasy aces live file story with Stevie? Uh, I was in a wedding that weekend so I didn't even show up to the final I just showed up the day before and I don't know I think my Twitter profile picture was me with my shirt up putting my nipple right over Stevie literally the day I met him it's a good first impression yeah and but yeah I just met him and I'm like coming in there big bearded beautiful and then Stevie comes in is like bigger bearded and more beautiful and I'm like well great now I'll see that in race that's what Stevie's saying but I think I made them buy like 150 shots of Fireball drink. Was it, it was an open bar at the Fantasy? Is this the one that was on a boat? <laughs> the first night. That, this was one of the ones that was on a boat. They're all on a boat. Um, but yeah, and then I I woke up the next day. I think it was, we got in Friday. We had the boat trip and everything. The live final was Saturday. I got in on Friday. I did that entire thing. Then I woke up at eight in the morning and left to go to be in a wedding that I was in. <laughs> Wow. And you made it on time, I presume? I thought it was late. He's like, yeah, just be here by 11. And being here there by 11 meant, oh, we're going to sit out by the pool for the next three hours. The worst thing was, like, he wouldn't let me be by my computer to set my lineups. The wedding lineups locked at 4. The wedding was, like, like 5.30. And he's like, no. We were sitting around drinking beer for an hour and a half prior to the wedding. So, literally, I had an hour where I could have set lineups on my computer. He's like, no. No, we don't. We don't want to do that. And I had a tether on my phone. I'm still angry about that one. He's like a groomzilla. He wouldn't let you go. He wouldn't let you make your own lineups. I mean, he would let me do it on my phone. He's like, you'll have like five minutes to do it. And it, realistically, I had an hour and a half. I didn't have my computer with me because I thought I only had five minutes. Yeah. I'm assuming you tanked that live final. I think I got fifth and seventh. Uh, well, they were kind of small fantasy. 13 maybe. people. Okay. Yeah. You you had multi-entries and fifth and se- Come on, man. You could Grant, I mean, you know, you're, it's very impressive getting there, but I'm disappointed. I was hoping you'd be. It was basketball. This. I didn't know anything about basketball, about basketball at that time. I knew football and baseball. I just did basketball for the overlay, and I happened to be the only person with two like, final entries there. Is that the one that the Rad Dad won? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's there where I met Thad. Nicest yeah. guy. Top three nicest guys in the industry, sir. Potentially number one. Who, who else are the other two? Because I got a couple uh, in my head. Will and Noto. Yeah. I mean, you have. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say those are wrong, but first one that popped in my head was Cheese. Cheese is like the nicest uh, guy. Cheese is definitely up there too. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think those are wrong in my interactions with those guys. Who's the, who's the least nice? That's a more fun conversation. <laughs> You're going to dodge this one. Dip, uh, duck, dive, and dodge. I don't think I really have any enemies in DFS. Yeah, like, a, lot, a lot of people like a Twitter enemy or something like that or an arch rival. You don't seem to have one to my knowledge. Yeah, I mean... The Siege, I just crap on consistently, but me and him are actually good buddies. 
<laughs> no, but you, if you want to use that logic, you're always you're crapping on me a lot too, and I think we're. I friends. grab on you. Cardi, like I guess, is my biggest rival. Which me and Cardi go at it consistently on Twitter. But like half the time, I'm DMing and I'm like, "Did I go too far?" He's like, "No, we're all good." I'm like, "All right." You like the rasm about what a his Christ, a CMC or like Michael Thomas takes sometimes, or basically Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley takes that one. That one still <laughs> sets me off to this day. <laughs> well, we need ten thousand outcomes before we can first decide if somebody's good or not. Why can't you understand that concept, Grant? I mean, my problem was like he said something, and then I proved him wrong. And he then one month later took a W where he was wrong. <laughs> we got to have Cardi on to, to respond. I gotta, maybe I'll have Cardi on later on this week. It'll be good times. Uh, if, and if there's any messages or any questions you have for him, I'll feel free to relate them uh, as well. Uh, I do want to ask, but we kind of glossed over this. I know this is a thing and I'm fascinated by it. I think it's really interesting. And I was talking about culture shock as far as jumping from Wakama to LA. You lived in Asia, right? China, I believe. Uh, not quite. I studied abroad there twice. For how um, long? Like a, a month or it, two? It was like a two-month thing both times. Okay. And what's your big takeaway? Um, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I for some reason, like, I don't know, a lot of parts of Asia, like, they hadn't really seen Americans. So they just, like, I had so many people just come up and take pictures with me. I think they thought I was Seth Rogen or a basketball player. I'm not sure. <laughs> um and you had but, the beard at the time, right? Like you had the beard. You're what? Six no, fours? I was clean shaven. Uh, okay, six three. But yeah, like, in every single bar I went to was like a buck for a beer. I think I brought five hundred dollars in my for my two month trip. Yeah, like just for spending, and I had trouble going through that. Like even going out almost every single night because every like the end of the night bill would be sixteen bucks. Yeah, is there tipping in China? Do you tip? No, no, they don't allow it. They scam you, but they don't allow tipping. <laughs> okay what do you mean by they scam you like they overcharge you on the beer no they'll like literally just try and scam you like we asked one guy to take us to the forbidden city and each he, he's like okay and they just took us around in a circle and said all right pay me we're like no take us to the forbidden city that's what we asked for and we had my professor who spoke chinese telling us that he's like all right just get up and go and we just walked over there with him chasing us for a mile and a half and then he chased us into the forbidden city and chased us throughout the Forbidden City. So we had a group of like 16 people. And so my friend was like, one of you guys is going to get screwed. And just don't so he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, all right, eight go this way, eight go that way. And then four go this way, four go that way. Whoever he sticks with at the end is screwed unless they can outrun him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the last person running away from the bear. I think that's, the, that's, exactly. that's how it that works, right? Yeah, but I mean, he couldn't like, couldn't chase both groups. So if you're just constantly splitting up, like, and then meet a specific location. We eventually got rid of him because the last guy um, just was a sprinter or he was a long-distance runner. So he was just taking a nice jog for like a half mile around the Forbidden City. <laughs> this is pre-Uber, I imagine. Or maybe Uber's not a thing over there. Is it like a taxi? Uh, it was like one of those little bicycle. It was actually Tricycles. probably more of like one of those uh, long bike carts. There was like two of them that fit 10 or golf carts that fit like 10 people. Yeah, and you were kind of like a minor celebrity if you showed up to a bar, like depending on what pocket you were. I assume you weren't in a big city where they haven't seen many Americans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depended on the city. I think it was actually Wuhan where everyone took pictures of me. Ironically, it's people in Wuhan showing up. This is what an American looks like. You're, you're. How do you feel? You're, you're like the litmus test. This is. I mean, I, I think they just assumed I was Seth Rogen or Will Ferrell. <laughs> I had like I had lo- longer curly hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
pretty much I looked like Will Ferrell from uh, Step Brothers. How did you get into a great movie? How did you get into the DFS content space? Uh, we, you talked about meeting Bobby. You talked about meeting a rad that I guess you met some other people as well too did you reach out to somebody at RG I think RG was the first place you worked at I, I could be wrong so me and Bobby actually just like he randomly DM me he's like hey do you want to write content for my site because he had like a small one that were at like when all of them were starting up there was like 50 of them mm-hmm. and it's like well we might as well give it a try and I'm like give me a call and because I'd met him at the Aces final a few months before and he's like hey what's up I'm like I'm done with my job in a few months I need something else to do. I'll do it for free. Just give me an equity share. He's like, we'll just bring you on as a full-on partner. And so start with that. And then me and him both like got reached out to by Roto Grinders when like all those people left three years ago, four years ago, whatever it was. And yeah. And we, I think we sent in a video to interview for it and they're like, I want to see it. I want to see your interview. I'd be up on my YouTube still. All right. Well, but check that out for sure. Drop, I mean, it was just me link. and Bobby doing a podcast. Oh, okay. I thought I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I, I, it probably, it's probably not as fun as I imagined in my head for whatever reason. Uh, how do you balance uh, doing content and making your own lineups? And, you know, a lot of it matters, of course, like when you're making your lineups, when, when you're giving content, if you're giving content all the way up to the bell, does you kind of push back as far as doing content? If you're doing it earlier in the day, then all of a sudden you can figure it out. Time is a huge commodity is kind of the point, but the balance of giving content as opposed to making your lineups. How do you figure that out? I mean, that's the thing. Like I don't require myself to play a bunch every day. Like some people just play two grand, three grand, whatever, every single day. Like there are certain days where I'm playing 50 bucks. Like I set a lineup for each site throughout the day. And if I realize that I have a huge edge, then I'll throw it in more. And if I don't, then I won't throw it in anything else or I'll mass multi-enter. If I feel like there's something that someone's not on, like I change it every day and draft was a big thing. Cause I basically spend 10 o'clock the night before until like two in the afternoon, the next day, constantly drafting lineups and put it in like 500 in a day. And so like, I can't change them. The only thing I can do there is mass swap, which takes like a minute. Um, so I'll tell you like, about before, before there was mass swap, the, the, the craziness you went through when uh, you found out five minutes before lock that somebody scratched in basketball. Uh, generally I was just screwed, but I actually did at one point, I had four different devices ready to go. I had my computer, I had my other computer, I had my phone, I had my other phone and I actually had my iPad and I was living with one of my buddies and I'm like, FY, I may need you to immediately help me. And he's always just like, yeah, that's fine. Buy me a beer. And I'm like, okay. Cause it's like five minutes of just constantly clicking. I'm like, swipe, swipe, I don't swipe, care. Swipe, just yeah. Yeah, the first person that you see, like the best projected person, just throw them in every single time. And, but like there were certain ones, football, I think I had on average 3,000 drafts a week. And like the worst one, I think, was Leonard Fournette was always ruled out the night before. And I had oh, like, yeah. 60% of him. And so I'd spend seven straight hours, like not get any sleep the night before because it would run so slowly because it had trouble loading my 3,000 drafts. If I remember correctly, I think draft did refund people that were stuck with Fournette. I'm pretty sure that's the case. And I'm fairly certain the reason why Fournette did not play is because he missed the team photo. Does that sound correct? Yeah, that sounds correct. Uh, <laughs> it, it happened a few times. Like, their system couldn't fully handle it. Uh, and they always treated everyone well. It's like, look, if you won, great. You get the money for that contest. If you had Fournette and you didn't win, we're refunding you. So it actually ended up making me a ton of money, the fact that it just shut down. 
you meet a neighbor, you meet somebody in a bar, you meet somebody on Tinder. When they ask you what you do, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that question? It used to be sports analytics. Now it's just, I'm a professional gamer. Like it also, it depends on who I'm talking to. Yeah. Like uh, if I know someone that's smart enough to understand, like if I meet a guy in finance, like, oh, I'm a professional sports gambler. Okay, sure. Yeah, this guy's a degenerate. I'm like, yeah, well, I was working at PwC for three and a half years. Then I quit because I was making way more money in this. Then they kind of realized like, oh, okay, wow. This guy actually knows what he's doing. Because most people aren't going to understand like that I quit a very prestigious accounting job where I was fast-tracked to like moving up very quickly to go do this instead. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's always a tricky thing to try to explain. And my go-to is always, as I ask, like, have you ever seen commercials for DraftKings or Fandle? Like, that's my best, like, place to start, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like you said, it depends on who you're talking to. And uh, some people are, you know, it could be a whole thing. And yeah, and gambling is like kind of a, has like a negative connotation. We're skilling, Grant. Aren't we skilling? Yeah, we are. But that's just <laughs> what, that's just what I say. That's the only way people are going to understand it. Yeah, you're you're in a you're in Denver now, so you can you can uh, skill and gamble there if you want. All you uh, I all spent you like. all day on Sunday just straight up gambling on the the match too, like it was beautiful. How'd you do? Uh, I think I ended up losing twenty dollars, and I probably put like <laughs> eighteen hundred in play just on random. I kept betting that Brady would miss the fairway, and he just kept doing it. I'm like, this is fantastic. And then on number ten, I placed my biggest bet, and he pulls out an iron. I'm like. That son of a biscuit. An iron is easier to get it on the green as opposed to the driver, I suppose. The fairway, yeah. Like you okay. it's it's shorter and straighter and but like he pulled off a driver or three wood and everyone just left, right, all over the place. He's really not as bad of a golfer as everyone thought he was. It's just he can't hit a driver. That's there was also elements too. Again, I'm not a golfer, so I don't know, but there was the elements seemed kind of tricky, no? Yeah, I mean that's probably tough, but like literally he was off the tee, just one of the worst golfers I've ever seen for the majority of the front nine. Yeah. Uh, you're, you mentioned him. CJ, I saw tweeting out about, uh, he said he could beat both Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I think you played with CJ. Can you confirm that or deny that? And if that's the I case, have, you think, oh, go ahead. I have not played with CJ, but I can beat both of them right now. Oh, look at that. Shots fired. So that wasn't a completely egregious take uh, based upon. No. Okay. No, I thought, so like, if we were putting money, like if it was Big T versus Brady right now, one Big T would be a minus two fifty favorite. Wow, you play with Big T. You're pretty good yourself. I think you play with uh, Draft G. You probably play with Ram as well too. Who's the best golfer uh, amongst the DFS community? Right now, um, it's probably me or Big T. Oh, your audio just got all funky. I'm not sure if that was my end or your end. My, yeah. it's probably me or Big T. <laughs> normally it's not me normally it's big t is the the answer but i yeah i spent the last two weeks of quarantine just golfing every single day yeah i, I think i don't want to i think you lost the draft sheet is that is that can you confirm oh that? that was the first round back in like eight months and oh, uh, it was bad yeah I, I still don't feel good about that one i certainly hope you're a rope dope and you'll get him back eventually as far as the money but uh, if he listens to this podcast um he has no shot Call him but out. I, huh? I said, call him out. Name names, man. To hey, challenge him. I'm, I'm playing. I think I'm playing with him this week, <laughs> but I don't want him to know that I'm a five and a half handicap right now. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't. What What does that mean? I've been asking a really dumb, naive question. I think that means 
you take five and a half shots and that makes you even with the course. Is that sound about right? Or yeah, pretty, pretty much. It's like everyone gets a handicap. And if I'm a five and a half handicap going up against a guy that's a scratch golfer, that means I'll get five and a half strokes. All right. Fair enough. Well, keep us updated on the Twitter machine as far as what's going on is that Matt in that match. I, I want to ask some of your favorites. I want to ask you about some of your tweets, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. Favorite athlete as a child, athlete as an adult. Uh, athlete as a child was Sean Alexander. Um, first game I went to was when he had five touchdowns in the first half versus the Vikings, I believe. It wow. was on Canada Day. Um, and my favorite as an adult, Reese Hoskins. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is angry somewhere in a corner. Have you I mean, he's my favorite football player, but Reese Hoskins, I, I named a goat after him. Is that, is that your favorite sport, baseball or football? Uh, football's my favorite. Football's definitely my favorite. And Seattle's your team? Is it across the board? Is it all Seattle teams? Who are your teams as far as the, the various leagues? Yeah, it's all Seattle-like. I may root for, like, obviously NBA. I don't really have a favorite team. I basically just have rooted for LeBron, the greatest basketball player of all time for the last – however many years since the Sonics left. Um, but yeah, like outside of NBA, it's just all Seattle. I mean, did you not watch Michael Jordan's documentary? That didn't prove to you that Jordan's obviously the greatest. I actually time? haven't watched it yet and it don't care what it says. It's still not going to prove to me. <laughs> my favorite is my favorite guy on Twitter is like, well, now it's, it's solved. <laughs> now we know. It's like, well, we already knew all that stuff. But, uh, it's not worth getting into. We actually agree, Grant. We agree. And then people get very angry. You can't just say like they're both good. Like you, you have to say one's better than the other. Like you can't do that. You, to- you can say that Jordan is arguably the best of all time, or you can say LeBron's arguably the best of all time. But if you definitively say you can't argue that Jordan or LeBron are the best of all time, then I just say that you're stupid. All right, well, you can- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, you mentioned you, you watched the Sean Alexander game live. Is that your favorite, most memorable uh, live uh, at the game moment, or do you have something else? I feel like there's something else. I'm trying to think of uh, – I don't know. It's it's probably that one just because I was young. I was with my dad. It was my first game ever. Um, it's probably between that, possibly uh, just – I went to the national championship game, Auburn versus Florida State, and I, we, I, my buddies lived right next to the Rose Bowl, so we just walked over there, tailgated, shotgun to beer with Christian Ponder. Um, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I like was just looking for a ticket. I'm like, I bring a hundred bucks. If I can get a ticket for a hundred bucks, I'm going in. And some, I just got some guy to, to sell me a ticket for a hundred bucks. And I was there alone. And so I just wandered on down, yelled at Nick Saban from like 15 feet away while he was commentating. <laughs> um, just like, yeah, I just kind of wandered around the stadium alone after they won. I almost got onto the field. I was right on the walls with all the players. Um, but yeah, do you bet on the game to give yourself a rooting interest? I don't think you care about Auburn or Florida State, do you? I, I think I had like, I, I looked at which side I was on, and I was on the Florida State side. I'm like, all right, well they haven't they've covered the spread every single game this year. I just texted someone, you want Auburn? Yeah, all right, we'll there throw a hundred on it. <laughs> uh, let's see what else do we have on my list that I, um, I'm, you're oh, okay. Talk about defend your love. I shouldn't say defend. Uh, sell Danny DeVito and Brendan Fraser you, you fought over all the time like I, I I assume those are your favorite actors is that fair to say uh yeah potentially <laughs> why why Danny DeVito and why Brendan Fraser first of all the Penguin was the best casting of any super vil- or villain in any no. superhero film ever and it's not remotely close um, Oswald Gobblebutt yeah how did Just he absolutely- die 
Uh, I can't even remember. It just like went in the water and it was over. Like that was it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean it wasn't fantastic casting. Um, but Danny to be like, it's always sunny. Just it, the way he plays to his strengths, just every single time. Twins Junior back in the day were not great movies, but I fudging love that guy. He was the gr- great as the scummy dad in Matilda. Like he's just rolling out great thing after great thing, and he's single handedly saved. It's always sunny, which is one of the best comedies of our generation. And then Brendan Fraser, like every single one of his movies, I enjoyed. Like he had a like even Dudley Do Right that was no. not a good movie. I enjoyed it. George of the Jungle enjoyed it. Like the Mummy series is one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Uh, we talked about this off air. Right? Like one of his best movies you've never seen with honors. Like that's the movie you got to see. I think I have. Fraser. You mean the one that has a seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Okay, but I go by the critics. Yeah, the, the smug critics were wrong, and every once in a while they're wrong collectively. When you kind of look back on it, I think that was a good movie. With the, with I think Joe I have Pesci. seen it, but it's been many, many years. Yeah, it's good. It's worth checking out. But uh, I don't know. You're more you like an uh, Encino Man uh, stan or a son in law or what other. I did like Encino Man. Uh, Blast from the Past. Uh, I, I, I liked <laughs> all of them. I, I love Brendan Fraser. Like everything's just enjoyable. Like every movie that I watch with him is just very, very enjoyable. I've ne- I just watched Journey to the Center of the Earth. <laughs> But you've had. Can we talk about your shampoo collection? <laughs> I think it's the most fascinating thing. <laughs> so so uh, you travel a lot. Explain this. Yeah, I travel. I I've, I I do tick random tricks to get massive amount of hotel points. So uh, like I think at one point I had seven or eight million of them, um, and I like look up the best ways to use them. But every time I stay at a hotel, I uh, I like steal shampoo and conditioner and lotion and body wash and everything. And I just have procured a massive collection over the years. I actually, at one point, I had to stop stealing it from Motel 6s and whatnot because I only wanted the good stuff. Um, I also used to go to Vegas probably 30 days a year. Uh, so, like, I just got a massive collection. My goal was never have to buy shampoo, conditioner, body wash, lotion, anything like that the rest of my life. Also, It, uh, it never expires, I have, right? I don't think it expires. It probably does, but I don't care. This is just one of my stacks of hotel keys that I've collected. I have like, <laughs> I have four or five of those. We didn't plan that, but and if you're listening to us, you're not watching it. That was like a, a six inch stack of hotel keys. Is that a, is that a, is that a fair assessment? Six inches, probably about right. Yeah, we're talking the hotel keys. <laughs> we're talking about yeah, plus or minus. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. I'm just and, and as far as shampoo bottles, like how many were talking? Because I've seen it before. You showed me once, and I was like fascinated by it. It's hundreds, right? You have a whole bunch. I, I think at one point I like weighed it, and I had two giant black trash bags full of it. <laughs> and then like I, I always lived with people, so I've just given out massive amounts. Like guys, just don't ever buy shampoo or conditioner. I think you you've been on. Uh, we played Jackbox TV together with one of my roommates. Like yeah, no greatest thing in the world. Never had to buy any for the years that we lived together. And I get like, my mom always has company. She likes those. So I gave her like a five pound, six pound bag, something like that. Um, but yeah, like I, I would probably have to guess about three gallons of each of those. Could you pass the, the Folgers test? Like if I said, like if I hand you like five different shampoo bottles, can you tell me what, what, what motel or hotel they had me from? Um, largely. So different ones. I mean, am I able to see it or do I have to put it in my hair? I, you could smell it. You could see it. Uh, yeah, just as long as it doesn't. And uh, then I can probably tell you because uh, most hotel chains, I think, uh, I think MGM uses Cure. Um, 
so fascinating to me. Uh, Wyndham hotels use uh, some of them use Paul Mitchell, but the other ones just use an off-brand one. Uh, Bathhouse is used at Mandalay Bay. Uh, what's it? Leoxidental or whatever the heck it's called is used over in Mandalay Bay specifically for the penthouse suites. But most MGMs have the exact same ones, which is generally why I stay at. But I can tell you like what shampoo most hotels in Vegas use. Like, you know how Derek Jeter has a consolation prize for anybody that may visit his house? Like, he would give it to somebody. You would give somebody a, your own console. You give them a, a bottle of shampoo. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, no, like, whenever people stay over, I just put a new one in the shower. So they think I'm classy and whatnot, because we all know I'm classy. <laughs> uh, one of your tweets states, and this is from months ago, so maybe things have changed. Uh, I order Postmates about five times as often as I order DoorDash. Might be time to reevaluate life. You're known for ordering food from these uh, various organizations. Uh, is Postmates still better than DoorDash? Or are you saying that DoorDash might be better and you're doing things wrong? DoorDash is definitely better, but the main thing is if you have a World Elite or a World MasterCard, you get $5 off a $25 order because they have a deal in place. So I always say, I've saved like, I say saved when I've actually spent, but um, I've probably ordered Postmates over the course of the last two years uh, 300 times, 250 times. Um so I've like, and it's always $25 orders. So based on that, they've essentially given me, I don't know, 1500 in discounts. Yeah. Uh, and you, you get that yearly email that says like, uh, cause I get one of that says like, this is what you ordered in the last year. And like, you just like, I can't believe I ate all that garbage. I, I did. I didn't look at Postmates. I looked at DoorDash, which <laughs> I ordered five times as much. I'm guessing I've showed the picture of DoorDash and it said like, 300 bucks 400 bucks 500 something like that and i'm like oh i know i've ordered postmates five times as much as this i don't want to see my postmates bill i think i did, did like the rough calculations and it was somewhere close to like six grand last year i'll take the over and six grand blind but maybe it's just postmates that was that was just postmates okay. and that was just attributable to me not when i bought for my brother or sister-in-law I, uh, I like to ask a random celebrity encounter. You actually have a tweet for this. Maybe you can kind of pile on, but uh, you were talking about how you peed next to Jose Canseco, you peed next to Kyle Busch, uh, and you realized you might have a tiny bladder while peeing next to Tim Tebow. Why are you always meeting celebrities in the at the urinal? I have no idea, and I've literally run into, like two of those I actually ran into, but Jose Canseco was down in Huntington Beach, Kyle Bush, I think it was Kyle Bush. It might have been Tony Stewart. It was one of those two. Um, I don't know. I was very drunk. MGM has a tournament every single year uh, on a certain weekend. Uh, and I went there two week years in a row. And I played poker while they were having the tournament over there. And I literally, two years in a row, ran into him. Like, I mean, physically ran into him on my way into the bathroom. <laughs> I, I hope you, uh, with all these uh, incidents in the bathroom, you respect the Mason-Dixon line as far as these guys? I mean, I, I, I do like generally <laughs> Then Tebow was coming out of the bathroom as I was going in. Same thing with Kyle Bush Canseco, I was right next to it. I'm wondering like, I wonder if his balls really all are smaller. Yeah. I, I had a feeling that's where your brain was going with that one. <laughs> oh man. Uh, is there anything, have you met any celebrities outside the bathroom? Uh, yeah, I've, I've met a lot. I ran into Jerry Rice at Mandalay Bay. I ran into Sophia Vergara at the airport that, that that nice lady cut me in line and I was very angry. <laughs> Did I'm you like, know it was her when you got angry? Or like, like you was excusable. It's like, oh, it's Sofia Vergara, whatever. Well, she ran in like with the paparazzi taking pictures and just ran up the escalator and then cut right in front of me. And I'm like, what the heck? But I, 
Um, I've probably run into, I lived in LA for 10 years. I've ran into Jalen Rose. I ran into in a crosswalk. I really need to look where I'm going. <laughs> Didn't DeAndre Jordan sign your forehead? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. DeAndre Jordan uh, signed my <laughs> forehead. Uh, this, Luis yeah. Castillo. <laughs> Luis Castillo signed my forehead. Colin Cowherd signed my cell phone. I've had a lot of celebrities sign random things. How do you sign a cell phone? I gave him one of those metallic Sharpies, and I said, here, can you sign the back of my phone? I think I still have a picture. Did he give you a terrible take as he was signing? No, he's just like, well, I've never seen this before. He <laughs> thought it was comical. <laughs> are, you, are you binge-watching anything during the quarantine? Any movies, uh, any TV shows you could recommend for the people? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, I'll open up Netflix here. I'm sure there's – I don't know. If you have Hulu, watch Happy Endings. It's fantastic. I don't have Hulu. That's the one I don't have. I should have it? Yeah, it's like 11 bucks. Don't be cheap. You, you're you in your house all day right now. Just get Hulu. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I, I figured I have enough, though, because I got all the others. Like, do I need Hulu? Is there something I have to, I have to watch Happy Endings? I mean, you're. I, I'd say Happy Endings, Rick and Morty are the two best things on Hulu. I haven't seen Rick and Morty, but I've heard, I've heard uh, other people like that. Wasn't it Happy Endings like an ABC show? Is that not the case? Wasn't that like a network at some yeah, point? Yeah, well, that up? Jr. Yeah, it was. It was Dave Wayne or Damon Wayne's Jr., uh, Liza Cuthbert, Eliza Coop, um, Adam Pally, and I can't remember the other guy. Are you still rocking out to your uh, the children's musicals, children's songs, and things of that sort? Oh yeah, I listen to Disney all the time. <laughs> I know people like to give Brit crap for loving Disney or going to Disney all the time, and you secretly are on Team Disney. Like you, you don't back them up. Secretly, I literally have sung it on shows before. <laughs> yeah, uh, your favorite Disney song? No, copyright's the thing, so maybe you can't sing it. Uh, uh, Magic drop Carpet a bar. Ride. The whole okay. world, I guess. Your favorite yeah. Disney movie? Aladdin. Uh, it's followed shortly by Mulan. And then I know you used to watch these movies. I think you used to watch these movies of watching your niece, quite possibly, or maybe you just watched them on your own. How did you come into like liking these, uh, this genre? I mean, I just never changed. I grew up from being a child. But <laughs> yeah, my niece, like, I would. I would sing Moana to her to try and get her to sleep when she was teething um, while I was hammered drunk eating pizza rolls. <laughs> Fully responsible adult. <laughs> Were you also dabbling in the, uh, in, in the White Claws? Uh, because I know you're on Team White Claw. Uh, I, I, I actually... White Claw... Oh. Uh, I only started drinking White Claws. I did the math. It was last August was my first White Claw ever. So it hasn't even been a full year, but uh, White Claw rankings are mango, black cherry, watermelon, um, lime, and grapefruit is dead last. I hate grapefruit. Your uh, claw anniversary is coming up soon. What, how are you going to celebrate? Um, probably do the same thing I do every weekend, drink <laughs> White Claw. <laughs> Has your barbecuing gotten any better? I was going through your tweets, and you've had a couple barbecue disasters. Are we going to improve on this or what? No. No, I, I did bake ribs in the oven the other day because I knew it would screw that up. But, like, my last mishap was – both mishaps weren't really my fault. Um, but there's well, – my last mishap was there's a default in Traegers, apparently, that really fudged me over. And I was worried that someone might actually uh, call the fire department on me because there was that much smoke. I mean, small sample size. What Cardi would say is, you have to you have to cook ten thousand things for us to know if you're a good, uh, a, you know, good with a grill, right? I suppose. I mean, I used to be pretty good with a grill. It's just like, I, my my 
I, I'm I'm essentially uh, Blair Walsh. Like, I missed two field goals very close range that I shouldn't have missed, and now <laughs> my confidence is gone. My career is over. There's no coming Blair back. Blair Walsh, where'd you dig that one up? And that was pretty good. <laughs> well, who did he play, who, who did he miss that field goal against? Yeah, who did he miss that field goal against? Oh, it was against Seattle. Yeah, there you go. That makes who did he sign with out. after that? Did he, he went on Seattle, didn't he? Yeah, and he cost us the playoffs with a missed kick um, in the last game of the season. Oh, come on. Forgive Blair Walsh. He did Let that it... four times. He lost us four games. <laughs> Let it go. Uh, I mean, you... I, you never sign a kicker after that's happened. Like, there's no coming. Look at Mike Vanderjack. Well, I mean, didn't he have – I think I think he had his own personal issues, Vanderjack. He was, like, one of the best kickers in the league, and he just kind of fell out of nowhere. And I think – if I remember correctly, I think he had a substance substance abuse problem, and he was probably on air somewhere with it, where he was, uh, yeah. But like, I don't know if he ever came back, Vanderjack. But he was also uh, kicking with the benefit of playing in a dome as well, too. Um, yeah, but also he missed one kick, and then he was just done for. Like he got cut halfway through the next season. But it could have been substance abuse. I don't know. Um, yeah. But you never sign a kicker after they miss a huge kick. That's it. Like one kick, and you're gone. I think Gary Anderson's the only one to really come back from it. Oh man, kickers! Man. I did just watch Ace Ventura, and Ray Finkel never came back. <laughs> well, Lace is out, man. That was the reason, right? Wasn't that the whole justification? Stupid Dan Marino can't do laces out. <laughs> uh, why did you just watch Ace Ventura? Did you actually seek it out, or just kind of wandered into your life? Weird. I was going to put on something while I waited for my buddy on Netflix, and it's on Netflix now. Yeah. Well, there you go. Easy enough. <laughs> Grant, this was fun. I enjoyed it. I hope you had a good time. Did I had a good time. Are we I done? We learned a lot. I think so. I thought you wanted me to read something. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. The one thing we planned, my bad, the one thing we planned, uh, I like to ask uh, for Mina's tweets. You always get kind of a funny answer there. And your answer is, and I, I knew about this beforehand. That's why I kind of like said, hey, have this prepared. Uh, nothing else was prepared. Everything else was off the cuff, obviously. But uh, it's not necessarily, well, you tell us. Tell us what you have prepared as far as your Mina's tweet. Uh, so it was a message that I got at RG, and it was after one of the Fantasy Aces live finals where someone shot, saw me taking a shot of Fireball and chasing it with Coke. Not cocaine, but Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, and I'll just read the entire message. It's, it, it's, it's pretty good. It'll take about a minute. But I watched your Fantasy Aces video. It was like meeting your favorite Hollywood actor, and he's a total douchebag. Or finding out your hero is a fraud or your favorite author is a plagiarizer. Fireball is a joke, bro. Chasing Fireball is seriously the saddest thing I've ever seen. One of my friends is a bartender, and she interviewed one year ago by the Washington Post, who was writing an article about how Fireball was bring, was bridging the gap between women and men, whiskey drinkers. Because of the sweet cinnamon flavor and 35% alcohol, it's 33, by the way, he was wrong, uh, women are finally able to start drinking whiskey. Let that sink in, period. Now... Whenever I go out and get around to shots, it's almost always Jameson. Some people go tequila and mezcal if it's a mezcal ball bar. And when there's one or more girls in the shot group, sometimes we all just go fireball for solidarity. Girls love fireball shots probably because it's not 40%. But let me make one thing clear. We never, and I mean effing never, chase fireball. And to chase it before, Grant, I am truly disappointed. I challenge you to a drinking contest. We don't, you don't know anything about me, so it's fair to be skeptical. But trust me, I am a tank. I was a pike in college. I won multiple 
pong tournaments, even won a PBR sponsored beer pong tournament. I can't sit here and let you hold the throne of biggest drinker in the DFS community quietly. Name the place and the time. <laughs> there is so much there to break down. I want to do a podcast just on breaking that down, but that is amazing. Um, you didn't respond, right? I don't think you responded. No, did I didn't. Say? I'm like, this can't, this can't end well. Like I'll wait until <laughs> I get drunk next to respond. But I think the reason of that is because the first time I, at that fantasy aces final siege was there and someone mentioned to siege, like I'll go shot for shot with you. And he's like, no, no one can out drink me. And I look sitting right there. I'm like, I guarantee I can. He's like, no, no way. He's like, all right, let's give it a try. And so I ordered 15 shots of fireball <laughs> and just slammed like five or six of them. I'm like, let's keep going the rest of the night. And he couldn't make it. He barely made it out to the live final. He couldn't drink the next day. And I just felt fantastic in the morning. You were using fireball with your, your breakfast, your breakfast cereal. Uh, well, I just, yeah. I can't imagine, like, I have not been that, um, uh, I've not been that like motivated or that excited about or that upset or that uh, that I mean I can't imagine carrying that much about fireball and somebody else drinking it like I just I don't know how to relate to a person like that it's such yeah. a weird thing I don't know and I mean I'm I'm a great drinker but it's not because I drink that often I believe that uh, my liver is just for some reason super strong because when I first turned 21 I wanted to make sure that I never drove drunk and so I spent like two weeks with my breathalyzer researching how fast alcohol goes out of my system. And it goes out at a drastically faster rate than anyone else. Yeah. And also one of your special skills is, I guess you're good at, uh, you're good, you're good at throwing up. <laughs> you, you told yeah. me that this is one of your, not only, not only the act of throwing up, but you're very good at aiming. You're very clean about it. You told me. Yeah. I guess I doubt many people have listened this far into it, but yeah, like I, I'm very, very great at throwing up and I had the weirdest thing happen to me. Like I, I try to make sure I don't get kicked out of bars um, for throwing up because it's never because I'm drunk. It's because like I never got my tonsils removed. So I have a hair trigger gag reflex. And yeah, I, there was one time where I was at a live final. I did for sure didn't want to get kicked out. So I go into the bathroom and I sit down on the pot and I threw up between my legs, not getting a drop on me. And they just went back to the party. <laughs> That's super impressive. I got to say, there's a, I mean, we're looking for sports right now, Grant. Like that, why is that not on the Ocho? Precision vomiting. It should be. <laughs> I have a couple of questions on, on via Twitter because I told the Twitter world that I'll, I'll be talking to you. And uh, this is probably a trick question here. This is from old blue. Uh, can you chug a gallon of 2% milk in under a minute? Um, I probably could. The problem is for sure vomiting afterwards. Um, like I've, I've get chugged pretty close to a gallon of something, but I've always vomited right afterwards, but I have done the gallon challenge multiple times and never once not vomited. Yeah. I feel like there's a science to that where like you can't physically drink a certain amount of milk. Isn't that a kind of, so it's like your body doesn't create enough lactase to d digest all the lactose. So it automatically makes you throw up. Um, what you can do and also the amount of fat is protein is tough to go through, uh, but you can take lactase tabs beforehand. And if you pace it out perfectly, you'll be able to adjust all the lactose and actually do it. But that's like, that's like using steroids or blood doping. Yes. That's essentially what it is. <laughs> that's definitely finding a loophole for sure. Uh, we'll end on this one. And we've had many a conversations about hot sauce. I'm not on team hot sauce. You're on team hot sauce. Uh, Eric Johnson wants to know what's the best way to snort a packet of hot sauce. Are people doing that? 
Um, so no one's doing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, went, I didn't think but, I was missing out, but uh, yeah. Regardless, if it goes into your science, there's gonna, sinuses, there's going to be a massive burn and you're going to you're going to probably sneeze. Uh, so the only real way to do it is just to make sure that you time your snorting and swallowing because you don't want it to go into your lungs because that'll cause a huge burning sensation in your lungs. There you go. And you, you're on, uh, when you go to uh, Hattie B's, you get, you get your hot chicken. What do you, you go like, uh, what the cluck or whatever? Like you get the hottest possible? I go medium. At? I go oh, medium. I love hot sauce, but like, I, I go more for flavor and medium just has better flavor. Grant, uh, that comes into the podcast. Uh, anything you want to tell the people out there, of course, uh, give the plugs, tell them where they can find you on t- on Twitter and tell you that like, you're not a man and you're disappointing them because you drink fireball. Uh, if, if I want to tell you that on Twitter, how would I do that? Uh, just go find, I'm G Neifer, G N E I F F E R zero seven on Twitter. And I don't care. I'd, I mean, you've seen me before. I just straight up take a pint glass filled with ice and fill it with fire. Like, I drink it on the rocks. I don't even take shots of it anymore. Did you have your water available to chug, or is that is that all gone? You've been drinking throughout. Huh? Do you want to yeah, knock it out it. for the people? <laughs> there right, you go. Well, I have some – well, no, it's, I don't know that much. But go ahead, knock it out. Let's, let's do it for the people that are still around. And uh, if you're listening on the air, that was about a second, a second and a half maybe tops or so, if you guys are not watching the visuals here on YouTube. But uh, there you go. It's just water. And uh, I, I bet I can go – well, no, you probably heard better than that than me as well too, but I can chug some water as well. But, Grant, uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll chat maybe later on today or tomorrow or the yeah, next day. We might day. play some PGA golf on the, on the PlayStation. Yeah, that, that's the only, the only way I can – well, I was going to say I can compete with you, but you're better than me in that as well too. But uh, you would absolutely crush me on a real golf course. Uh, much appreciated, Grant. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for everybody out there listening. This was uh, The Morning Grind. I've been Dean. We're out of here. Holler. Thank you.